Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. So I think this is the first time I've had an interview where I'm going to do multiple parts because it's kind of just that awesome. (laughs) Well, I think you might see more of that going forward because I'm finding that when I dig in with people that are experts at something that I'm, I'm not, which implies I'm an expert at a bunch of stuff and I didn't mean that way. Let me give you an example. Today's interview is Jason Hornung of the Jason Hornung agency and they specialize in Facebook advertising and If you guys are not doing Facebook advertising, that's okay. Listen to this. There is so much value in this. And since the interview, I have hired Jason and his team. And so I talked about this last week, if you guys heard that, um, about being the best business investment I've made in a long time. And we haven't even launched. So I'm literally heading out uh, of town tomorrow to go get this whole campaign launched. So I think I will do a follow-up episode with Jason when we talk about uh, having worked together and I'll be able to share some of those stats with you. Anyways, you guys are in for real treat and I highly suggest you grab a pen and paper. Seems like we're doing that a lot lately, but grab a pen and paper um, and take some notes and uh, stay tuned. I'll have a link for you at the end. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the WordPress Chick Podcast. Uh, today's interview is going to be something we have not talked about before, which I am ridiculously excited. And I'm going to just recommend you guys get a pen and paper <laughs> handy because there's going to be all kinds of wisdom um, in this interview. But I'm super excited to have Jason Hornung on. Jason, thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, and I did pronounce your last name correctly. Oh, you got it perfect. <laughs> okay, good. I'm like, you know, it's like phonetically, it looks like it should just be Hornung, and I just want to make sure. So awesome. Um, uh, you're you're one of the few. <laughs> okay, um, before we get into your business, and and like, I'm going to let you explain exactly what you do. Um, but can you fill me in a little bit on what you were doing before you launched your agency? Well, prior to that, I had spent uh, about a year trying to figure out affiliate marketing, and that was coming off of the heels of walking away from uh, an insurance agency that I, my second insurance agency that I had built over the last seven years. Uh, It's so funny because I'm like, you don't look old enough to have had a couple of insurance agencies in your business. (laughs) Just a compliment to you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm actually much older than I look. (laughs) Like I'm 75. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So, wow, God, insurance. So what made you decide to switch, though, from insurance to online marketing? Well, I had been doing online marketing in my insurance agency to generate leads for our business. Uh, and it kind of started, uh, I started my first agency back in 2003. And uh, what they what they teach you for marketing is to basically open up the phone book and cold call and to go and knock on doors. And so I, you know, I was 23 at the time. So, you know, I didn't really know any better. And I just kind of beat myself to death doing that working 78 hour weeks for two years and built up a nice little business, but really was burnt out. So I decided there really, you know, there had to be a better way. And I really needed to figure out marketing and how to get people to, you know, come to me instead of me chasing people around and being in that really poor position of almost you know, basically begging people to let me quote their insurance. Um, and uh, so I started studying, I started looking around and I found Dan Kennedy and I started studying all of his stuff. Um, and I, I first started writing direct mail pieces to generate leads for my business. Um, didn't work out so well in the get-go, but I just kept going and going and going and then eventually started to get things to work with that. And um, about 2008, uh, everything really started to move over into online stuff. So, you know, a lot of insurance agents were buying these leads from these online lead generation companies. And the way they would do it is, you know, you'd buy a lead and there were, they would, these companies would sell the lead to like six agents and they all get emailed immediately. And then it's just this mad dash to like call the person. And so the, like the, the consumer is getting b- bombarded with all these phone calls and emails 
and they get really irritated. And, you know, it just, it seemed like a really dumb way of doing it. And it was, it, it always made everything come down to price. So there was no way to like really differentiate yourself between people. Um, and so I decided, you know, maybe I should take some of this stuff and apply it online and start generating my own leads. Cause if, you know, these lead companies can do it, then I can probably do it and, and get my own leads. Nice. Uh, so yeah, so I started studying internet marketing and applying, you know, direct response stuff I learned from Kennedy online and that started working really well. Um, and, uh, it came to the point in 2009 where basically, uh, the company I was working for at the time, uh, they found out that I had all these websites and was doing online marketing and they didn't like it. Um, and so I just decided at the time that I I didn't want to be in the insurance business anymore and I was going to just go and market online full time. Wow. You know, it's, it's funny as I've heard that about insurance and I don't know if I've ever shared this. I actually have an insurance license. Um, when I left retail management, I have a real estate license. My dad was like, Hey, maybe the post office has a license. You can get. <laughs> but it was, it was, it was all in this goal to find something that had some flexibility and leverage. And for me with insurance, I was like, how long is it going to take for me to build up what I need to be doing? But my point is, it is interesting that the the marketing and stuff and the 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 guidelines and the rules that these industry these you know super old industries have, and they they seem to just be really slow in adapting and adopting new marketing. Yeah, their their training is way outdated, and you know the thing was is I wasn't doing anything by my contract that was wrong. Um, but they tried to basically say that it was, and it really just rubbed me the wrong way. Um, you know, at the time they actually had, uh, they had, uh, suspended my securities license on me too, uh, which, you know, was really irritating to me. But yeah. And then it's like, what do I want to go through all this red tape or let's go apply this somewhere else? <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. So then fill me in before, um, taking this online because tell everybody what you do today. What is the Jason Hornung agency? Well, we're, we're a full service, uh, digital advertising agency. We specialize in running Facebook traffic for clients. Um, that's what we're really well known for. And we work with a lot of, and have worked with a lot of well-known, uh, people in the online marketing space, uh, companies like digital marketer and Ryan Dice, Frank Kern, uh, Mike Dillard, Mike Phil Samen, Annie Jenkins, Tony Robbins. I mean, we, you know, we've got a, a pretty big, big uh, cache of well-known people that have worked with us. Um, and that's basically what we do. We, uh, we run Facebook ads, but we do it at scale um, and profitably at scale. And that's really our specialty. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. The awesome um, story too, and and everybody listening, I just want to reiterate that all the links to to Jason's site um, and everything they do will be in the show notes. Um, but you know, it's great. You've got a great video, and did you just recently update your website too? By the way, uh, I think the current one's been in place for probably about a year now. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I must have looked at a landing page or something. Great looking website, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, and your video. I love the video. Um, that you've got on the homepage and you shared a great story about um, making internet marketing mistakes. And when you first got started um, and I loved your request to the radio station, could you share that with the listeners? Because, you know, I think a lot of people, and especially um, you started doing this in 2010. Yeah. So I walked away from my agency in December of 2009 and then I pretty much decided I wasn't going to work for like a full month. So I just kind of goofed around for uh, until like the middle of January. Um, and then I kind of started trying to figure out affiliate marketing then. Okay. So, which, you know, you've actually scaled, it's, it, it appears, right, that you've got, um, it's one of those overnight successes is what it appears to be. And you shared some stories about it not being. So could you share with the listeners your journey into affiliate marketing, internet marketing, and, you know, some of the mistakes and things you've learned? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, so that whole year of 2010 was a, a real struggle. Um, I, I, a big chunk of that was, I think, a false bravado that I had uh, from walking away from the agency and thinking, oh, I can just come online and you know, I'll just kill it right away and make a ton of money because, you know, I, that was when I first was starting to get exposed to a lot of the ClickBank stuff and the make money online offers that were really rampant back then. And, you know, I didn't know any better. And you see these messages from, 
you know, these 18 year old kids that say, you know, Hey, I'm making, you know, a million dollars a month or whatever, and just selling eBooks online. And I'm like, well, if, if these yahoos can do it, then I should have no problem. Right. Totally. <laughs> That's what I so, thought. I was going to sell eBooks and be a millionaire. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I started taking all the courses and then, you know, you, you, you try to follow these systems and you, you do a little thing and then it doesn't work. And then you get the shiny object syndrome and you're seeing the next launch. And then you, you buy that course and you kind of half-ass go through it and you try to apply stuff and that doesn't work. And this cycle just keeps going over and over again. It, it's, it, it's just this, I think it's a natural human tendency with, with this stuff is, you know, you think that you're going to get one of these things and it's going to magically work right. And then you either don't, follow it through all the way or what they were telling you was actually not true. Um, and you're not getting like the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd try thing after thing after thing and, you know, stuff wouldn't work. Mostly I'd have a limited amount of success with certain things. Um, I had, uh, I had picked up a, a system where we were doing, uh, where it taught you how to do some Google AdWords stuff to these pre-sale pages. And that was the first thing that started working and I was I was making some money doing that, and then I got Google slapped. <laughs> so um, that that went out the door in a heartbeat, uh, which was a really tough lesson. Uh, but all along the way, I just kept picking up skills, and I wasn't really realizing that you know that's really what I was doing. Um, and I was trying to you know just do stuff that I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, and then basically throughout the year, you know, we were living on credit cards. I had racked up. Uh, at least $50,000 in debt. I don't remember exactly how much it had been up to that point. Uh, and it got to be December of, of 2010. And it's probably about the, the 11th or 12th of the month. Uh, my mortgage was coming up due on the 15th for the past due date. Uh, I had like no money in my bank account, hadn't bought my kids any Christmas presents at all. Um, and, uh, you know, I was just sitting there like wondering what the heck is going to happen. Uh, and I, you know, I, I just, I, I was down on my knees praying like, God, how are you going to, how am I going to get out of this? Like, what do I need to do? Um, and I, I put in a, I put in a prayer request at Caleb radio. Um, and they, they actually, you know, they read it and they prayed for it. Um, and then I got this idea to talk to a, a friend of mine that I had met on the warrior forum, <laughs> James Francis. He's actually a pretty well-known internet marketing guy now. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he told me, uh, you know, why are you doing stuff that you don't know how to do? Uh, you should be, you know, doing things that you know how to do. And one thing that you know how to do is, you know, how to market and people need help with that. So go and put yourself up on Odesk and see if you can get a job helping people with their marketing. And so I did that. And within three days, I got hired uh, uh, with a $3,000 a month salary from somebody. Nice. And yeah, it was amazing. It was like an immediate turnaround, you know, financially. And I went into that company, uh, started basically doing all of the stuff that I had learned over the course of the year. And because I was doing it in the confines of a company that was already established, I was able to take different pieces of what I learned and apply it and actually have it work. Um, trying to do it in the confines of an affiliate setting in a market that I don't understand wasn't working. And that was really, to me, the, the key. Um, and so then I started figuring out as I was working with these guys and, and really helping them grow their business that there was a really big need for uh, people that could do what I did for their company. Um, and so then I, I started to get known as a guy that would do marketing and, and one thing led to another. And then that's how the agency was formed. Awesome story. Thank you for sharing that. It, you know, it's, it's, I think there's so much power in hearing because when you're in it, you feel like you're in it by yourself, right? That like, okay, I bought another course. This isn't working and this isn't working. And, and then even when you have some wins, it's very easy to go back and, get frustrated with things. Um, you know, I wasn't, I, I never even got into paid traffic until our mutual friend, Adam Spiel, like I had never even thought about it. And I was like, I wish to God I had learned about this years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but thank you for sharing that. It's, it's super powerful. So, so as you started growing the agency, how long were you doing it by yourself? How, what did that look like building a team and bringing people on? 
Yeah, so I pretty much did everything myself uh, from December of 2010 all the way up through, I believe, the middle of 2011 is when I brought my first uh, Filipino on board. And he was a he was a developer. He's still with me today. Um, actually, he's, yeah, he's been with me the, pretty much the whole time. Awesome. Um, his name's Floyd. Uh, and so I, I just, you know, I had to do everything myself. So I, you know, code the websites, I do all the WordPress stuff, write all the copy, create all the ads, just do everything. Uh, and then that's a lot uh, of work. (laughs) Yeah. It was 15 hour days pretty much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and the funny thing is I was working out of this little kind of makeshift office I set up in my house. And at the time our, uh, our, air conditioning system. This is in Tucson, Arizona, by the way, our, our air conditioning system, just like it didn't, wasn't big enough for our house. And so, you know, where my office was, it was in this addition that was put on, uh, after the house was built and they didn't run the, the vents properly. <laughs> and so like, it would be 10 degrees hotter in there than it would be in the rest of the house. So, you know, I'd set my air conditioner to, to 80 and it would be like 90 in my office. <laughs> I am such a, you know, it, it, it gets to be over a hundred here, but my office just with the computers is like 10 degrees hotter and I run the air. I keep my house like at 70 during the summer. Yeah. So, well, wow. I was, I was, we didn't have a lot of money at the time. And so I couldn't really run it below 80. Most days I'd have it at 85 in the middle of the day. And so it'd be like 95, 97 in my office. I'm sitting here at the computer 15 hours a day, just sweating my, my butt off. Um, and it was, it was, it was tough. Yeah. (laughs) Well, good for, I mean, it's great though. I mean, you were willing to do it and I'm guessing that because you enjoyed it and you were seeing the payoff of your work, it's a lot easier to keep going. It's those 15 hour days when you feel like you're spinning your wheels, um, that, that start to really chip away (laughs) at why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. So you brought somebody on in 2011. Um, like how did that I know a lot of people listening because I built a team. I've got outsourcers and whatnot. And, you know, even to this day, though, I find myself going, okay, what can you pull yourself out of? Um, and where is the best use of your time? So how did you continue to grow your team? Well, uh, later that year, I brought on a graphic designer because that was like the, the the next biggest thing. And uh, from that point up until, uh, Heather, what was it, 2013 when you started working back with us? My wife's sitting here with me right now. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so she she works in our in our office. I think pretty much up until about the time like she was working at uh, Geico Insurance during this time, and pretty much up until when she quit, we had her quit in uh, August of 2013. Um, it was pretty much just me and my graphic designer and my web developer. Um, and then once Heather came on board and and she started working in here, that's when we sat down and we started. We, we basically broke out everything that I do during a day. Um, and then we took each little individual task that I was doing and we built a process and a system for it. And then we figured out, you know, okay, what can we offload onto, off onto somebody else? And then we hired people to fill those job roles is basically what we did. And so we've just been consistently doing that for the last two years now. And we have a team of about 11 people in place now. That is so awesome. It's, you know, it's funny because as I, I think as I did it, I knew I'm not a developer and a programmer. I fell in love with WordPress and had <laughs> one thing just led to the other, but it was very easy to say, I need a programmer. I need a developer. I need a designer. But from the other tasks where I've got a project manager, but I love how you backed into that and said, what do I do? What can we pull off my plate? Cause that's kind of where I'm at. And I think a lot of people listening, don't quite know how to go about even starting that. So uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, I want to shift a little bit if we can and jump into the sort of meat and potatoes of, of paid media and advertising, because like I said, I think this is newer to a lot of my audience. Um, so what were, can you share maybe some of the challenges that you have dealt with when, when you were starting with, with paid advertising? Sure. Um, well, one of the biggest challenges that, you know, I had and that everybody has is, uh, first of all, it's, it's getting stuff to work at scale. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to get an ad working at, you know, five, $10 a day, $50 a day, 
But when you want to get up to, you know, 250, $500, $1,000 a day or more, the, the economics of how the advertising works at those larger volumes is completely different. Um, and one of the, you know, specific issues with Facebook is the way that their algorithm is designed is if you don't, if you don't do things in a certain way, um, when you go to try to scale, your results will go totally haywire. Um, so that was, that was a big challenge. Um, and then another ongoing challenge, uh, specifically with Facebook is, you know, just keeping up with their ever changing guidelines on compliance and making sure that you've got your ad copy and your landing page copy and everything that you're doing in there is all aligned and set up properly so that you don't get your account shut down. Yeah, I've known a few people that have had their stuff shut down. It's like, and, and the, the unfortunate thing is it seems like the accounts that get shut down are the ones that are doing well. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, there goes the money. <laughs> um, but I want to back up a little bit. So just for clarification, when you were saying that, you know, the, the, the challenge of scaling, so basically meaning that even if you start at five, ten, fifty dollars a day, you need to do it in a way that allows it to scale. So there's a system, obviously, for doing it correctly to begin with, not just increasing a budget. Yeah, that's correct. Um, we do a lot of prep in our campaigns now uh, to have them all structured in a proper way to, you know, really identify the stuff that's working and not working. And and then once it's once you find something that's working, there's there's a whole variety of different ways that you can actually scale. And um, one of the frustrating things about Facebook is um, one strategy will work in one account and it won't work in another or one strategy will work one time in one account and then it won't work the next time. Um, So we've we've actually figured out uh, a process I call the, the 3D profit scaling system. And uh, that's there's actually eight different strategies that we develop to scale campaigns and do it in a way where you can keep your numbers in line so that, you know, when you're spending more, you're still making more money instead of just losing money. <laughs> I'm like, it sounds so appealing because, you know, when I started doing this a few years ago, I was like, it was much easier than it is today. And then I know it gets frustrating, like. Sometimes it feels like it's a total crapshoot. Like, well, I think these images are going to convert and I'll test, you know, say four images, same headline and stuff, and then kind of drill down from there. But it, it's frustrating. <laughs> so what would you recommend to somebody who is just getting started? And let's, let's focus on Facebook. Who's just getting started with Facebook? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the, the, the first thing that I would recommend is you have to uh, do a lot of market research. Um, that's going to be the, the foundational key to everything that, that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really understanding who your ideal customer is, um, you know, what motivates them, how does your product that you're selling or service that you're selling, how does that uniquely help them to solve a problem in their life or fulfill some desire that they have? Like really understanding that stuff is, is the foundation of everything because, um, what I see across the board, I mean, because we manage about $500,000 a month in, in Facebook advertising now. And this is across a variety of different markets. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's always a marriage between the ads and the marketing funnel. And so what I see with the people that are successful is they'll do all of the research before they build anything, right? They, they, they understand this ideal customer before they ever put their, at, uh, their offer together. And then before they put their marketing funnel together. So all that stuff is designed with that ideal customer in mind. Um, The people that fail, they'll go and build something first. And then they just want to have advertising done to it and expect that to just work. And it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Um, You have to have those two elements aligned. And so that research should be done before you ever even build an offer. And then if it's done that way, then when we look at that ideal customer, we can put really powerful advertising together, drive it into that marketing funnel, and then it'll convert profitably. So we're, which is brilliant. So when you're talking about the research, <clears throat> like I've done all the target marketing. And so if someone has done their, their target audience, you're talking about going deeper maybe into the market as opposed to here's my ideal customer. Like do you have a, a and without, I'm not telling you to teach people for free here, but is there an exercise that somebody could go through in terms of, of doing that? 
Yeah, we have a whole system that we use called the Inception campaign ad campaign ad campaign planning system. Um, and that's, you know, I'll give you the essence of what we do in that in that process. And really, this should be done before, like I said, before you ever even put your offer together. Um, but what, what we'll do is we'll use some uh, tools that are available online, like AdBeat, mm-hmm. um, and we'll reverse engineer like our clients' top three competitors to see what their advertising strategy is. Because we want to see, you know, what what's the language and positioning that they're using in the market to to sell their products. Uh, we'll go out to the top three competitors' uh, websites, uh, look at their top blog pages, see what the what the content of those pages are, what are the headlines on those pages, how are they speaking to the market, and then specifically uh, looking into the comments on on those blog pages and also on their on their fan pages on Facebook to see how people are describing their problems that they have um, and uh, what kind of solutions that they're looking for. So we know, you know, what kind of desires are already out in the marketplace. Cause w- what we want to do is really understand uh, you know, what, what those desires existing in the market are. And then we can speak to those and kind of channel those over onto our customers uh, product as a solution versus trying to, you know, create demand out of thin air. It sounds so obvious when you say it, but I think a lot of people just don't know what they don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, everything that I'm, I'm talking to you about here, this is all stuff that I've learned in studying, like, the greats of direct response advertising from, you know, way back in the day in direct mail. Uh, you know, people like Eugene Schwartz and John Caples. You know, we've, we've taken, I've taken what I've learned in their books and then just kind of made it into my own process and then structured it within the confines of the Facebook environment. Um, so it's not anything that I've really per se invented on my own. Um, it's just all traditional direct response advertising stuff that, that works. I mean, if you read like some of the, some of the old time classics, like, you know, Eugene Schwartz's breakthrough advertising, uh, you know, when, when he, before he would ever write an ad, he would spend six months just working on the headline before they put an ad in place. You know, and, and he would do all this research into the ideal customer to understand, you know, what those demands are in the marketplace and desires and, and then how to, you know, create a headline that'll speak to that stuff. Most people, you know, in the day and age that we live in now, they don't want to take the time to do all that stuff because they think, you know, it's like instant gratification. They think you can just, you know, you can just put an ad together with some kind of headline on it and put it out there and then people are going to buy. And it, it doesn't really work that way. Well, it does. And you know, what's funny is I, I don't know how, but over the last, I don't know, say two, three months, something, are you, are you familiar with Dan Norris? No, I'm not. Okay. He, he, he created a company called uh, WP Curve, which grew to seven figures in like 18 months through content marketing. Mm. It's WP Curve is like a monthly subscription for WordPress one-off tasks, unlimited. It's like 80 bucks. And so I connected with him and I was kind of floored when I went, wow, I love creating content. I create a lot of content. So I started looking at that. And as I've gotten deeper, all of a sudden, as you mentioned headlines, I've kind of become obsessed with tweaking and testing. And there's a co-schedule has a headline analyzer and I'll spend a long time coming up with a headline and then I keep working through it to get a better score. And it's interesting because the last one I did, I got, I literally got comments about great headline. I was like, well, thanks. I actually worked on it. (laughs) Novel idea. Um, I kind of wanted to segue from that. So what, how does, let me, let me ask you this, because as I've gotten obsessed with content and I've, and I've heard things about, you know, it's going to be cheaper to run ads to, to content. Like where does content come into play with paid traffic? Is that, is that a relevant strategy? Do you tie those together? How does that work? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, pretty much all of our clients, we have, uh, content is, is part of the strategy that we're using for them. Um, it can be really, really, really powerful. So I'll give you an, an example of a test that I ran recently. I, I put together a, an article that is uh, called, uh, Are You Making Any of These Seven Mistakes That Will Get Your Advertising Account Shut Down? And I wrote that article because there's a you know a big chunk of the market that's dealing with issues with compliance on Facebook and getting their accounts shut down. And uh, you know I drove ad traffic. I spent about $500 on the test. Um 
and it, there was a, an option for people to opt in there. And we got, you know, quite a few opt-ins. I think my lead costs were ended up being about $7. Um, but what I noticed from that test, and we've seen this replicated across other client accounts, is the type of person that the content brings in is a lot higher quality person than if you're going straight to like a really simple lead magnet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, like I got one guy that one, one of the people that came through, he ended up consuming everything of mine, scheduling a, a one-on-one appointment and he bought one of my high ticket products. So I, you know, I, I, I did a $15,000 sale off of $500 in ad spend in that test. That is friggin' brilliant. And you know what? This I have to share with you the same post because I follow Neil Patel and I read a boatload of his content. I had noticed with content formatting, so there would be, you know, like this colored block. Instead of doing maybe a related post links at the bottom, they would have these kind of colored boxes either to to download something um, or links to other content. And so this same post, it was about 2,600 words. I spent a long time on it. And I put two of those boxes, like, hey, if you want to download this post and a little content cheat sheet, just click here. Um, I got 15 opt-ins the day the post went live, No paid, which I was really pleased with. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, so kind of, I felt like thinking, okay, this is better validation, and it gave me some validation. So, just in that in that sense, it's like looking at is this a strategy then with with your clients? So you did this test. Do you have any other client stories where they've had some success, uh, either increasing content or using content with paid traffic? Oh yeah. So I mean, like I said, you know, pretty much all of our clients were were using the content strategy, and so you know, we can, we're able to get a lot lower cost clicks um, when we drive people over to the content, especially if we structure the ad in a certain way. Um, there's there's definitely a, a reward that Facebook will place on that content, and um, then you know, we use it in a couple ways. So we'll we'll have these articles um, that have. Uh, the opt-in boxes seated throughout. That was how mine was structured as well. Um, like you were talking about with, with your page. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we'll get, we'll get leads from there. Um, but what we'll primarily do is use that page. We'll put retargeting code on there and then we'll retarget people who had visited the page and didn't take us up on our, on our lead magnet. We'll retarget them back to lead capture pages and then get, uh, you know, really low cost leads uh, that way. Brilliant. So the retargeting for everybody listening, could you just explain a little bit of retargeting? I understand what it is. I'm not sure everybody listening to this podcast understands or grasps retargeting. Sure. So Facebook and and pretty much every advertising platform now actually has retargeting in it. Um, And so basically what the advertising platform will give you is a little piece of code that you stick on your website um, and you, you want to install that site wide. So basically anytime anybody visits your website, whether you're driving it from paid traffic or they come from organic traffic or any other source, when they hit that page, this little piece of code is going to cookie their browser and it'll pull that data back into the advertising platform and it'll create a list of people that have visited your website. And then you can actually put ads out to that list of people and you can, you know, drive that traffic wherever you want to. And it's it's a really powerful form of marketing because these are people that have already engaged with you in some way, shape or form. And so it's not when you when you send these ads out to them, it's not the first time that they've experienced you. Um, and so they're not really it's not really cold traffic anymore. It's more warm traffic. And so the it tends to convert quite a bit higher if you structure it properly. That was the best explanation for retargeting I think I've ever heard. <laughs> um, you know, and it's funny, I say that about podcast traffic. It's the same thing. It's like when people connect with you and they listen to you and then they reach out to you, I'm like, that is really warm traffic. Um, it's not as measurable and tangible <laughs> as, as the paid traffic. And with, with the pixel now, do you recommend putting that on specific pages or just site-wide? We, we do it site-wide, yep. Awesome. Um, so how are some of the ways that you work with your clients? I mean, obviously, you guys are an agency. You have it done for you. Um, is It's primarily done for you, or do you guys have products? Oh, we've got a, a whole variety of different things. So like, we have our managed account side where we basically do everything for people. Um, 
I have a very limited amount of space for that uh, type of offer. Um, we only work with about 15 to 20 clients at a time. Uh, and we're usually full and have a, we do have a waiting list uh, on that side. Um, That's not too shabby. <laughs> no, no, it's a nice position to be in. <laughs> yeah, you worked um, for it. <laughs> Well, you know, one of the other things that I was going to, before I explain what else we have, um, one of the other things I was going to say is uh, one of the things people should have ready to go before they even start doing Facebook, aside from the research, is you really need to, you know, establish what your numbers are going to be. Because paid traffic is all just, a, it's a numbers game. Um, and if you know the key metrics that you should be tracking, and you can actually reverse engineer and establish different benchmarks for each of those metrics. And so it, you can do that before you launch your campaign. And then when you launch your campaign, you track those metrics and you compare them to these benchmarks. And then that comparison will actually tell you what areas of your process either are either excelling or need to be improved. And then you can focus your time in on the places that need to be improved and you just keep making little tweaks to the process until all your numbers are all in line and then you're actually guaranteed to be profitable. Well, so in, in terms of establishing numbers though, is this like you're arbitrarily picking numbers you're, in terms of your goals or where are you getting the baseline for these numbers? No, so you actually start uh, backwards from uh, your average order value. So... Uh, the way I look at it is, you know, let's say you've got a product that you're selling and it's a thousand dollar product. Um, and let's just for the sake of argument, assume that there's no upsells, you're not selling anything else. So your average order value would be a thousand dollars from people that come through. The way I like to start with paid media is I want to, I want to get to the point where I'm getting a two to one return on my ad spend as quick as possible. So when we, when we architect these numbers, we do it to get to a two-to-one return. So if you want to get a two-to-one return and you have a $1,000 product, then that means you can't spend more than $500 to acquire a customer. Gotcha. Okay. And so those are your two most important metrics. They're your, the CPA or cost per acquisition and your AOV or your average order value. Those are your bottom line metrics. Okay. Um, then from there, what you can do is you can, you can actually reverse engineer to see, you know, where you would need to be, uh, at other key points, depending on your, the specific funnel model that you're using. So most of our clients, you know, are using, uh, some type of lead gen. So they're driving traffic to a lead capture page, and then they put somebody in front of a sales message to get them to buy. Right. So. Yeah. What I like to do is try to figure out, okay, what would it take to uh, generate 100 customers because it makes the numbers really easy? And, uh, you know, what we look at is most sales pages typically will convert at 1%. Um, where you can adjust that is if you've actually tested your funnel already and you know that your sales page converts at 3%, you can calculate it off of that. Um, but if we don't have those numbers established, I always use 1% for it to be you know, real easy to calculate. Mm -hmm. So if we want to generate a hundred customers and your sales page is converting at 1%, you just take that hundred divided by 0 0.01. It tells you you need to have 10,000 visitors to your sales message. And so then you're targeting the ads. I mean, so you're setting goals for the traffic from that, from that 1%. Correct. Correct. And then you can just keep backing forward and you can actually figure it out to where you would say, okay, well, I need, I can't spend more than a dollar a click. I can't pay more than, you know, $5 a lead. And I'm just throwing these numbers out there. Um, my sales page needs to convert at at least 1%. And if I do that, then I'll get a $500 CPA and I'll make well, a two to one return on my ad spend. All right. So with that, like how long do you give? So you've got your numbers established, you run an ad and now you guys obviously have this pretty much nailed. I mean, you've got a strategy and you're testing and tweaking. So how long do you suggest people, you know, run an ad or do you have an, uh, kind of some guidelines on, look, if you're going to test something, you're going to run an ad, let it run for three days, let it run for two days. Or does it depend? I, my guess is that's kind of an ambiguous question because there's factors like how much you're spending, who you're targeting, but do you have any recommendations? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, we, we established some guidelines for that, um, in a lot, in all of our trainings. Um, 
generally what we're doing is we're running, you know, to, uh, letting an ad to run two to three days before we make any determination on it. But there are caveats to that, like you talked about. So the amount that you're, you're spending is a, is a big caveat. Um, you know, cause as you get to different points of the process, there's also people that are at different levels where they're testing with higher budgets. You know, if you're, if you're spending $200 a day and that's a lot of money to you, you don't, you don't really want to let something run three days if it's not working right. right. <laughs> so there, yeah, there's a lot of if thens, unfortunately, in this business. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, cause even if you, I mean, I've heard instead of $200 a day run 20, $10. I mean, there's like, there's so many different scenarios. So what would be, and I, I do want to get back to everything you guys do. Um, but so what would be some, like, is there someone's brand new, what would you say test? Is there sort of a, a baseline fundamental, like try 10 bucks a day or try one campaign you know what I'm saying? And again, yep. it, you can be super direct. Like Kim, again, this is too ambiguous. No, it's not. We ha- we have an exact way that we do it when we're launching uh, every campaign, and that's so that we've got you know baselines in place. Um, we always start with 150 dollars a day test budget, and we actually break that up into 30 different ad sets that are all running five dollars a day. Because when you're when we're setting up an initial campaign, um, there's basically three things that we're trying to figure out. Uh, the first is we're trying to get proof of concept with stuff because we just want to see, you know, are people clicking on the ads? Um, are we getting people to convert to a lead? Are we getting any sales? You know, what what what's actually happening? Was our messaging right? Basically, in it that we established from all of our research that we had done. Um, then from there, we're looking to see, okay, well, did we actually get conversions? And then the third thing is, did we get conversions that are within our key performance indicators that we established? Um, and, and we can do that with a, you know, with a $150 a day budget and we spread it all across different ad sets so that we can also, you know, start to see what audiences are actually converting for that stuff. And then based on, you know, what's actually happening across all those different things, there's a whole variety of different ways that you can go. Basically, and this might sound sort of, I'm not trying to simplify because what you're sharing is anything but simple. Yeah. Um, but really, you 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 need to just step into it, right? You need to just test it and try it and pay attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it, I mean, without being too ambiguous, you've got a methodology here. And so if somebody were to say, all right, I'm going to try, you know, $150 a day. Um, even if they want to try 50 bucks a day, I think the key is obviously, I think that there's, you need to learn something, but you're not going to learn as much reading as you are through doing. <laughs> That's true. Yep. And so that, you know, that really ties it back into, you know, what, what we do have to offer. I mean, you know, we have, uh, uh, like an in-between thing, uh, where we, we actually work with people that don't have their numbers established yet. Um, and it's, it's a hybrid, uh, where, you know, we'll do all of the pre-work where we get your campaign ready to go. We do all the research for you. We write all the initial copy, uh, develop all of your targeting templates, get all the tracking stuff in place. But instead of us managing the account, we bring the client down to our office for a two day workshop. And then we teach them all of our processes and systems and we demonstrate it and then actually work on their campaign live here. So we launch their campaign. Uh, we start to optimize it. We start to scale it while they're here. And they, they walk out after two days with a campaign that's up and running and producing results for them. Um, and then we give them two months of support on the back end of that to really, you know, ask their answer their questions because, you know, each campaign is going to be unique. And so as they're going through, um, I can guide them and what the next steps are to keep the thing going and getting it to the pinnacle of what it could be for them. And I'm, I'm going to just share with the listeners. Um, Jason was gracious enough to refer one of his clients to me for a website that I'm working with. And uh, this client was like, <laughs> what do you say? It was like drinking from a fire hose. He said it was one of the best investments he has ever made in his business. Just so you know that, Jason. Um, he said it was brilliant spending a couple days with you guys. And I don't know if that's his exact same package, but he did say um, that them doing that just has blown him away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Craig is yep. uh, one of our uh, one of our first workshop clients, and uh, it's it's been really good. We just did a 
did one last week. Um, I got I got one client that, that we were here. Uh, they were here Wednesday and Thursday. We launched his campaign Thursday last week, and then yesterday he already he he told me that he already made a four thousand dollars sale. Um, and he he spent uh, about like three or four hundred dollars on his ads. Yeah, so that's a pretty good return. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's wow. super happy. <laughs> that is friggin' awesome. Okay, so uh, that's one model you guys have. So how are some other ways that people can work with you guys? Yeah, First of then, all, and I'm going to just, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Yeah. You have some awesome content on your site though. I have to share that. Like I've consumed some of your content, your opt-in and stuff. So anybody listening, if this is all super new to you, definitely go to the site, subscribe and, and get in, just start reading and, and stepping into this. But um, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm just getting too excited. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we, we have uh, you know, for somebody that, you know, wants to, you know, just start getting their feet wet and doesn't want to make a, a financial investment. Um, they can go out to my website. Uh, we give a lot of great content. Uh, if you get onto my list, you know, there's a lot of tools and resources and videos where we're doing case studies and direct training. Um, and then we have uh, we have paid training programs as well. So they go a little bit, you know, deeper into our our processes and systems. But I, I've literally had people that you know message me on Facebook and you know, will tell me they saw one of my free videos on YouTube, for example, and they, you know, they made a hundred thousand dollars from applying it, you know? So <laughs> nice. yeah, you can, uh, with the content that we give away and people don't have to, you know, buy any of our products in order to get an immense amount of value if they just apply it into their business. Oh my God. Yeah. It, it's amazing. It, it truly, um, I, I've followed a lot of Facebook stuff and what's great about it too, is you stay on top of everything, obviously. Um, can I get your take really quick on the Facebook lead ads? So what are your, what are your thoughts on those? Um, I've been a bit hesitant about that. Uh, we actually haven't tested it for any of our clients yet. Um, the way it's, the way it's structured in and of itself, there's two issues that I see with it. Uh, one is, uh, if you don't have some kind of external tool, uh, the leads just go into your ads account and then you have to download them on a spreadsheet and then upload them into your CRM system or autoresponder. Uh, now, the problem I see with that is twofold. One, uh, if you're not do- updating your leads immediately, then you're not communicating with people quick enough. Uh, two, if you're using you know, places like AWeber and Infusionsoft, if you try to upload leads, they're just going to send them a double opt-in email Mm -hmm. and you're pretty much not going to get any of those leads anyways. Um, And then the other thing that I see as a problem is, you know, most people on Facebook will use their landing page as kind of a buffer in front of, uh, you know, their offer or, you know, whatever they're trying to sell. Uh, because most sales pages, if you're structuring it in a typical internet marketing way, uh, they're not going to be compliant for Facebook. And so if you're collecting the lead on the ad point, you can actually put a redirect URL on those lead ads. Um, but people, one, have to click a button to go over to your website, which I don't know how many people are actually doing that. And two, if you're using a your your landing page, your lead capture page as a buffer to some kind of sales page that would be non-compliant, you can't just link to that page on the lead ad because now it'll make your ad non-compliant and it'll get disapproved. So interesting, I, and you know, and as I'm I'm wondering too, which is funny because I bought Connect Leads, which I don't have to download the the spreadsheet then, um, but I'm wondering too in terms of just the value for maybe the, the clicks are cheaper, but it might be the same thing as, is the lead the same quality? Exactly. And so that's why, you know, I, and that was the tool I was referring to is connect leads. We haven't, we haven't bought that. I haven't tested it yet. You're more than welcome uh, to test it with mine. I mean, with your own <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I'm sure Wilco would not be happy if I said that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, hopefully you won't get this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm a little bit hesitant of it because, you know, you could get, I've seen people reporting that they're getting leads a lot cheaper, but I don't, I don't ever evaluate stuff based on what I'm paying per lead. You know, I'll pay, I'll pay $50 a lead if I'm making the kind of money on the back end. but I don't, you know, if I'm getting 60 cent leads and they're not buying anything from me, I mean, who cares, you know? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. No. And I, I've been there with that. Um, 
So in terms of, let's say somebody decides they want to work with you and they're new to this, like, do you have, um, I guess, a hierarchy of like start here first or really it just depends on their budget and what their goals are? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if, if, you know, on the managed account level, we'd have to have numbers established uh, already um, in their business so that we can uh, we can look at those numbers and then be able to say, all right, well, you know, based on where you're at, if we spend X, then we should produce Y and Y needs to be greater than what we're spending plus our fees and then also have your profit margin built in. So, you know, if, if you don't have numbers established already, uh, you know, as far as a managed account is concerned, I wouldn't I wouldn't work with somebody at that level. Um, so that would be kind of the first step. If So if you're not in that position um, and you're just kind of starting out, I would recommend actually going through like my introductory program, which is called 17 Facebook Advertising Secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get it. It's a, on a DVD. Uh, it's a free DVD. Just go to my website, jasonhorningagency.com, and you can find a link to it. Um, and you just pay $6.95 for shipping and handling. And that's a great place to start. Okay, and I'll put that in the show notes. Everybody can be able to get that. So, um, just last question for you, then, Jason. This has just been so awesome. What? So, what's coming for you guys in 2016? Do you have any any big plans or anything changing? What's What's happening? Uh, I'm in the middle of uh, completing an acquisition to merge with another uh, agency. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, actually, one of my friends owns another agency, and so we decided to join forces and and uh, merge up. And so we're, we're going to be ex- uh, expanding a little bit over the course of 2016. Um, he has service offerings with other traffic channels, uh, AdWords and some of the native ads. So we'll be able to uh, offer more than just Facebook to clients as well. That's fantastic. God, Jason, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time and I am sure my listeners, um, I'm going to put this all over the place because again, I, I don't <laughs> necessarily know what I'm doing with this stuff, but it made a huge difference. And I wish I had, you know, balanced paid traffic with the content creation piece long time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else? Uh, what's the best place to connect with you? Oh, uh, through my website or on Facebook. Um, people can just look me up on Facebook. I got a fan page and connect with me personally on there. I'm pretty much on there 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah. I would guess that you're probably in Facebook more than even your own website. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, Jason, thank you again. This has been fantastic. Oh, well, I appreciate you having me, Kim. Thanks a lot. All right, everybody, stay tuned. I will have a few links at the end, and make sure to check it out. There's a ton of content on the site. As always, thanks so much for listening. See what I mean? He's kind of genius, not to mention he's simply an awesome person, super nice guy. So you can go to the wpchick.com forward slash Jason H., Again, that's the WPChick.com forward slash Jason H. And you can go check out what Jason is doing. And let me know if you have any questions or if this is the right type of content you guys like. And, you know, the beauty that I'm super excited about in working with Jason is that it totally ties into my content strategy. Anyways, as always, you guys, thanks so much for listening. Have a fantastic day. If you haven't already left a review in iTunes, I would be super grateful. I love it. They help people find the podcast in iTunes. Uh, That's it. So have an awesome day, guys, and I will catch you next time.